This is an Anami podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. What are our What are our listeners called? What do I call you? Hey, growers, <laughs> growers, not showers. <laughs> hey, grown adults. I don't know. I, we'll We'll come up with something. I got nothing. Um, welcome back. <laughs> To the pod, this is growing up with me, and um, today I'll be talking with someone about a topic that um, we all need to grow up with, myself very much included in that. Um, I'm going to be talking with Tori Dunlap. Um, Her account on TikTok is a a massive financial education account called Her First 100K, and um, she is a millennial finance expert uh, educating the rest of us on how to create financial freedom. Um, She's done it herself. Uh, At 25, she made her first 100K in savings, and um, from there she's gone on to make more and create a platform lifting all of us up into our own financial freedom and breaking down um, some of the blocks we have around money and wealth and finance. And she's written a New York Times bestselling book called Financial Feminist. Mm -hmm. It's not just for women. It's for all of us because any gender could be a feminist. That's right. Um... I was very glad to talk with her because, as I'm sure many of you feel, um, money's a weird, emotional, private, uncomfortable topic in our lives. We all want it. We all need it. No matter how much we have, most of us want more of it. Um, And it for many of us, it can feel really overwhelming and difficult um, to even know how to get at it, which is why we kind of have wishful thinking around winning the lottery and like gambling our way to to financial freedom. Um, but really, it's about delayed gratification and and educating ourselves on what we don't know and taking small steps towards it as often as we can. And I myself am learning this uh, at the ripe age of 31. Um, And I think it's a journey for all of us, a lifelong journey, but I think all of us wanna get to a place where we feel financially free. Not that you need a billion dollars. I don't don't want a billion dollars. I don't need all that. I think to get that you have to uh, exploit people or work your life away, or I I, I don't even know. I don't need all that. I just need enough to feel free. I just need enough to not feel anxiety at how I'm going to cover certain bills, my rent. Um, I just want to feel free enough to travel when I would like to um, and to not feel like I have to do things that sacrifice my own dignity or self-worth because I need a paycheck. And I think that's a place many of us are, and I think all of us have wants to be financially free. And um, it's just going to take us, uh, you know, taking some steps, being willing to not know, being willing to be uncomfortable, and uh, get in the game um, in taking responsibility for our own finances. So if uh, that's something you want, it's something I want, uh, I think you'll enjoy this conversation with Tori Dunlap, I know I did. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's break down some of our myths around money, and let's get out of our own way in making it. And Tori's gonna help. So enjoy the conversation. I've been in the Hi, Tori Dunlap. It's very nice to meet you it's as well. It's very bizarre to meet somebody I had a crush on when I was like 10 years old. How is this for you? It's great. <laughs> no, I loved, I mean, I was thinking about this, again, interview Christian, we were talking about it, of like, you guys gave up your childhoods for folks like me. Yeah. And like, beautiful and also really fucked up. 
Am I allowed uh, to curse? You are absolutely allowed Great, to curse. Cool. I can't um, stop cursing. Um, <laughs> but like, what a, a gift and also how screwed up for you all? I mean, screwed up for many. For me, it's all I want and all I still want. So mm, it, it, what, I didn't give up. I mean, I also had a weird version where like I would go back to Georgia where I'm from after filming a season of Ned's and go to public middle school for half the year. Yeah. So I kind of had the best of both worlds for a long time. And granted, there's weirdness that comes with being a child actor for sure. There's ways I'm fucked up that normal kids don't have. Yeah. But we're all fucked up from childhood, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. A lot of trauma. Yeah. The big T trauma, the little T trauma. Exactly. Yeah. So I, and I honestly had a like the best version I think I could have of the child acting path. It's really good to hear. Yeah, and I'm grateful for it because I hear my peers coming out yeah. with their versions of things and it's heartbreaking. Can I ask you a question about, so you I sure was can. a theater major. Okay. And that shocks a lot of people that now I'm a finance expert and I majored in theater. And that was going to be, I was like, I'm gonna be an actor. I studied acting, did that as a kid. And then it was like first show at the age of five, show every year. Yeah. Did all, you know, had the agent, had all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was in college and I was like, I picked the stable option because even though I love it and I still love it, I was like, I need to pay my bills and I need to so do all smart. of these things. And of course I was reading about you of like, you know, had this career and then what now? What do you do after that? Was, yeah. was that a, like, at what point were you like, okay, this isn't going to work anymore? I mean, I'm still working it. Look, I'm doing a fucking <laughs> podcast. I'm still in media. Um, yeah. Because it, 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 it was a struggle I had of this thing that I love so very deeply. Yes. That I have now not done since I was 22, since like my senior capstone role in college. Yeah. And if you love it, you love it. So that that's cool to know. I didn't know you were an acting major. Like yeah. that makes me feel some good like kinship with you. Because yeah. if you love that thing, it's in you and it yep. and it gives you energy and it lights you up to do it. Yep. I think it's brilliant that you went and chose a stable path. <laughs> but I'm never sure if it was the right option. You never will be. Yeah. We, we never will be. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm going to continue on the unstable artist path for the rest of my life, I think. Yeah. Even though at times it gets um, intense and I have to weigh it and I have to go, do I, feeling this unstable with um, yeah. creating my life and building my life, do I still want to do this? Because at any point I could go try and I, I think I could succeed at anything. So I could just go on something stable and take away some of this angst because especially with money, that's the biggest one. Right. I could pursue my art forever in peace if money wasn't an issue, if my survival wasn't an issue. Right. But when money and survival is attached to Something that you're never guaranteed. And healthcare and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of it. Uh -huh. And you're never owed it. Like, I think in any other um, vocation or profession, if you get good at it and you work hard at it over time, it's going to happen. If With you, privilege, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if you put the time into something, typically, yeah, yeah, yeah. typically you will progress, at least in some right, capacity. Right, but the arts, I think, are the lovely, unique thing where y you're hitting the pavement all of the time, and it's... And it's never owed to you. Never. It still takes luck and grace for it to come through. So that aspect... And right place at the right time, and knowing the right people, and being an epo baby. <laughs> like, all, all, of, all of, that. of those Like, things. all of that is a part of it and so I can never bank on, like, yeah. what I'm going to make. And that does create a level of, like, emotional anxiety, instability, yeah. I was always worried things. I was going to resent it. Mm. Like, if, if I couldn't pay my bills, yeah. would I grow to resent the thing that I love so much? Yeah. And it's possible. Yeah. I, I've resented it at times. Yeah. But even that you have to fucking get out of because it doesn't help you no. get anywhere. No. It's just toxic. No. Uh, even the resenting, you go like, well, I got to like not take this personally and like right. figure, figure out my life. Right. Um, yeah. So I ran out of money at 25 and man, I just had to go get jobs. It was like, oh, well, I need to go get jobs now. Yeah. Like, that's it. I need to go get an hourly job and just start there because right now I have 
zero money. Do you get residuals? Not for Ned's Declassified. I figured. Yeah, Nickelodeon doesn't pay residuals to any of their leads. Cool. Yeah, pretty insane. <laughs> pretty insane, insane. right? Yeah. yeah, any quote-unquote like adult show, you're going to get residuals. You're going to get maybe like a $7 check, but you'll get residuals. Yeah, and for a show that ran for 10 years all over the world, like residuals right. would have been nice. Tell me about your journey. So, all right, so you were an acting major. Yeah. That's so cool. And I communications. Love that. Like I got a like basically a marketing degree and then I also did theater. Yep. And I mean, yeah, the 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 goal was to be an actor and then I got into college and my parents gave me a financial education that was such a privilege if they sat mm. me down and were like, okay, here's what a budget looks like. Here's how to be responsible with a credit card. And they always picked the stable option, yeah. which I'm very thankful for. But like, it was so interesting growing up in that environment where, you know, the stable option was the, you know, the nine to five job and the 401k and the healthcare. Yeah. And so literally I remember we had a conversation, you know, I was, I was entering college of like, I want to major in theater. And my parents are like, you're great. You're talented. We love you, but that's not practical. So you need to find something else. And then you do theater on the side. And then I realized, oh, I can double major at no extra cost. Okay. I'm going to do that. So I graduated college in May of 2016. Okay. And Trump gets elected, of course, not soon after that. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming into adulthood and into womanhood in a very different country than I think a lot of us expected. I'm 22. I've decided, okay, marketing like scratches the acting itch of like storytelling and communicating. Right, right, right. So I'm going to do that. And yeah, you have this fantasy of, okay, I'm going to work my way up the corporate ladder. You know, it's shifted. Okay, if I'm not not going to be an actor right now. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed and be ambitious and successful and wear pencil skirts and heels and that's how I know it's a fantasy because I've never owned a pencil skirt in my goddamn life. <laughs> and it was it was so interesting because I got into corporate and within two weeks I was like, oh, this is awful. Mm. Like the rose colored glasses came off of like, oh, it's super misogynistic. I am making somebody I don't respect rich. Yep. I am you know, I have to ask how much vacation time I can take. And, and I was just like, I don't want to do this. Is this, I think a lot of like people in their yeah. 20s is realize this real this. life. Is yeah. this real life? Is this what I'm going to do for the next 40 years? Yeah. And in the midst of, of course, you know, this, this shift politically and socially where I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I'm coming into womanhood in a country where I thought we were going to have our first woman president. Yeah. And instead, of course, we didn't. And I'm reckoning with my own privilege and I'm, I'm realizing like, oh, when I have my financial shit together, I have options and choices. I have the ability to leave this bad job that I don't want to be in anymore. I have the ability to start a business. I have the ability to donate to causes I believe in and to have kids or not have kids or travel or buy a house or not buy a house. And then I was the friend all of my friends were coming to for advice and guidance. And so her first 100K started as a blog in late 2016 it was like the origin story in 2019 was like me saving my first like 100K. So it was 100K at 25. In savings. Yes. Yeah. Which was. Like having it. Yeah. Yes. And the joke was as long as I do it the day before I turn 26, it still counts. So 25 years, three months, hit my 100K, mm. go to Europe to celebrate with my best friend. I get the call for Good Morning America in a pub in London. I do the interview and I quit my job three weeks later. So her first 100K was a side hustle I was running in addition to like my social media marketing job in my nine to five. Now we have over three and a half million people. We have a podcast. It's one of the top business podcasts. I just released a book, which is now a New York Times bestseller. And it's so thrilling to be able to say that. Thank you. And we fight the patriarchy by getting women rich. So we're committed to teaching them not only how to pay off debt and save money and invest and negotiate their salaries, but really how to show up more confident. Mm. Because I don't think we have any sort of equality for any marginalized group until we have financial equality. And that's what I started to realize through my own life and also through the experiences of women coming to me was it's like, again, when you have money, you have the choice to be in situations you want to be in rather than situations you're forced to be in. Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the main desires of any of us is financial freedom. Yeah. Like, it's something, no matter, no matter how many big dreams and artistic visions I have for my life, a main desire of my life is financial freedom. And it's because of what you said gives you options it gives you choice you right. don't have to do things you don't want to do you can actually kind of feel into your life and move where you want to move and, and I play mean, big and yeah, yeah yeah take risk when you want right 
travel when you take time off when you want. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's freedom. Um, because and unfortunately, like rest requires money. It like deep rest requires money. It absolutely does. And this whole, I talk about it in my book of like, there's this narrative, right? That money can't buy you happiness. And that's complete and utter bullshit. Yes, it is. Like it's complete bullshit. Yeah. Well, because of course I know incredibly wealthy people who aren't happy. Right. If I buy a Ferrari and I'm expecting that to make me happy. No, but like does money buy stability and safety? Exactly. Yeah. And not waking up with anxiety every day. Right. When I was out, out of money, and it took a couple years to even get <laughs> where I'm at now, which is still not financially free, but I'm like not right. freaking out every day. You're not in complete scarcity deprivation yes. mode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was in I was in full scarcity, like couldn't buy fucking anything. Couldn't go do anything except work yeah. and go home and go to sleep and like right. try not to have a mental breakdown. You and know? that's the reality for literally millions of people. That's what I was going to say. And the feeling I want, really for every person, but for me, like women, it's uh, like, I want the feeling of confidence that money gets you. Yeah. And again, I'm not talking, like, I don't want billions of dollars. Yeah, I don't need billions of dollars. About. There's a certain. Billionaires are fucked. Like, I just want enough money to take care of myself, take care of the people around me, and hopefully start changing my community. Yeah, that's why I think even your brand, uh, Her First 100K, like, yeah. that's a great marker yeah. Even a hundred K that you have in savings, you're going to feel like a new branding expert. Thank you. And that's why fucking I, stable. That's why I, you know, it's not her first million. Yeah. It's just like whatever that hundred K is for you. Maybe that's debt paid off. Maybe that's saved. Maybe it's earned. Maybe yeah. it's net worth. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's the saying in personal finance that that first hundred K is the hardest. Sure. And so that's the idea is like, if you get that first hundred K, things start to feel easier. Right. Now you have a lot more options of how yeah. to grow it. Well, and you've got money, compound money, interest. I was going to say, money mm-hmm. grows money. I mean, once, right. you're, once you're up there with your wealth, it just makes money fucking sitting yeah. there. It's <laughs> yeah. the fucked part. Everyone underneath it is struggling to get by yeah. on their pennies, counting their fucking nickels. And like once you have it, it's just compounding and growing. And that's the interesting part, too, about personal finance that I realized is plenty of people just want to talk about, oh, if if you don't have money, it's because you're not working hard enough. Right. It's the classic like bootstraps narrative. Yeah. And it's like the true personal finance equation is about 20 percent your personal choices. Yeah. And 80 percent your circumstances. Yeah. Racism, ableism, sexism, homophobia, uh, recession, inflation, a global pandemic. Right. Yeah. I would argue that these have way more of an influence on your money yeah. than you trying to navigate paying off debt yourself. Yeah. And of course, like even we talk about debt of like crazy that we ask 17 year olds. John Mulaney has a great thing about this. of like 17 year olds to like sit down and like sign on the dotted line to spend like $120,000 to go to college to do something that they have no idea if they want to do. Unbelievable our Nuts. system with that. And it didn't exist until until like what 20 30 years yeah. ago did the price start to jack up right but like, then there's things you know before that of like you know women couldn't get a credit card in their own name till 1974 that's pretty insane nuts yeah crazy so like this has been going on forever yeah and it's just really interesting that we feel such deep shame as individuals if we're not financially successful oh that's so real that's so real i mean i definitely felt shame running out of money because i had it <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then you did it. And, and then you're like, what did I do wrong? Yes. Not like, wow, maybe as a child, yeah. me making money <laughs> like, yeah. was eventually probably going to run out. And also like the expectation of that that's supposed to just keep going. Yeah. That that was the thing. I wasn't I, I I've I've like dealt with it, but I actually wasn't um actually wasn't delusional. I was living the life that had gone on for like 12 yeah. years was I'd make money. Yep. I'd live on the savings, yeah. and then I'd book again, and Which I'd live on the savings. Which is very smart. And I'm not saying it's delusional, but yeah. more the sy- no, no, no. the system or the society that's built. That's like, yeah, it's yeah. it's not supporting anybody. <laughs> yeah, I. There are things I I wish I I would have done, but I couldn't have learned it without running out. Um, well, and you you were way more responsible with your money than plenty of other. It, it went for, that yeah, people to. think like, oh, how'd you run out of money? It's like, well, I lived on it for 10 years, also, like in LA. You, with all due respect, this is a, not a knock to you, but like yeah. it's Nickelodeon. That, no, no, that's, <laughs> it's like, no, that's absolutely real. They're it's not taking not, care of you. No, and it's not as much money as you think it right, is. Right, that's I, what I'm I saying is it's like, like I, 
it was not as much as you think. And then, right. I mean, cover yearly expenses for 10 years. Oh, you know? totally. Runs out. And the cost of living in the city and the in cost LA, of an agent, sure. which can we talk about that if you're willing? Like What's that? the interesting part that I think is so veiled that I've, I've now experienced firsthand and that so many of like my actor or creator friends are experiencing. I think the average person thinks, okay, if you get, I don't know, $300,000 a year, like that's going in your pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, first you got taxes. You have taxes. You have an agent who's going to take manager. 10 to 20%. You yep. have a manager who's going to take an additional. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a publicist, right. right? Who's also supposed to promote your work and For is sure. taking a cut. You know, if I show up as a woman, especially like to an event and my hair and makeup isn't done, well, I'm going to be deemed unprofessional. So right. I need to pay for that. And I need right. to pay for maybe a stylist and no, also clothes sure. and like how much of that 300,000 is no longer yours. For sure. Yeah, I remember I uh, uh, got a check one time from Ned's. Like, I remember I was a kid, and like my mom showed it to me, and showed me what came out in taxes, and it was and you're like it <laughs> was over fifty percent was yeah, taken out. Yeah, sounds about right. And I was like, over fifty. <laughs> Which, like, I, I'm a socialist. I love paying my taxes. But also, you're like, oh, my yeah. God. No, as I've gotten older, I'm like, pay the pay I need some taxes. roads. I need but, some libraries. But just for me in my head as a no, kid, totally. it blew I remember, my mind. Yeah. I'm like, over, wait, more yep. than I'm getting is yep. already gone? Yep. That doesn't seem right. Right. That right. doesn't seem fair. And then all of the additional expenses that just, like, people don't realize. No, so much. Yeah. To live in the city. And just, like you said, to be an actor, like... Yes, you need clothes, you need to look good, you need right. marketing materials, you right. got your team, you got a lawyer, like right. all of these things. Oh, God, things. the lawyers. Yeah, lawyer takes some I too. love it's my like, legal team, but oh my God, I see those bills come through and I'm like, <laughs> But you need it because you need them to deal with right. the contracts. Like, so, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but acting is a really particular, yeah. uh, the, the pursuit of acting is a really particular version of uh, financial life. Yes. It also has more upside than any sure. industry. Like sure. a phone call could change my life yeah. at any point and literally Which I'll isn't be that set. thrilling and also terrifying. Uh, every day. Yeah. But most people are not on that path. So yes. just in any in any form of, of finance and pro probably in the more uh, like standard forms, give me three tips. <laughs> give me three yep. baseline tips for like starting your financial freedom journey. Yep. First, give yourself a shit ton of grace. Okay. You were not taught this unless you were. Right. And I think we think uh, we either have the good with money gene or we don't. Like mm -hmm. I was a theater major. Yeah. And I'm doing fine. Like yeah. it's not a good with money gene. Yeah. Just like we don't come out of the womb like I speak fluent Italian. I can play the tuba. Yet we somehow feel oh, I should know how I to navigate this money. complicated financial system and mm. I should understand all of this. Mm. You're going to fuck up for a while. That's okay. So just uh, shame is like the one human emotion that isn't productive. Mm. Like even the uh, emotions that we associate with like negative or what we deem negative, anger, sadness, frustration, these are all productive. Yeah. Shame only makes you feel like shit. Yeah. Like it has no other purpose. Yeah. It is not helpful. And so if you can do everything you can as you're navigating money, to give yourself grace and understanding and not shame yourself, it's just, it's going to be a better experience. And a lot of like financial experts want to gloss over that. But the truth is like, I spend the entire first chapter of my book talking about the emotions of money because you have to understand what sort of emotional triggers do you have? What sort of trauma do you have around money? Yeah. What has society been telling you? Like money can't buy you happiness or talking about money's taboo. Right. Yeah. And so understand that this is going to be hard for a while. You're going to suck at it and that's okay. Mm. As long as we're, prioritizing progress over perfection. So that's the first thing. Cool. Second thing is you're going to automate everything you possibly can. Again, common, I think theory or like feeling is like, Oh, I get an extra gold star if I make this more difficult than it has to be. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, you know, the times where I'm like, Oh, I'll remember that thing. And then I don't write it down. And I'm like, why didn't I just fucking write it down? Yeah. Same thing with like money. If you can automate your bills, automate your credit card statements, but also automate your savings, mm. like set up an automatic transfer from your checking account to your savings account. That's mm. going to happen without you even having to think about it. And even if that's 20 bucks a month, yeah. one, again, it's accumulating. You're not having to actively do it. And you're also not waiting to the end of the month when you don't have any money left over. Right. And you're also building the habit, right? It's like building muscle of saving so that hopefully when you do have more flexibility and do have more money, you can, if you can manage 20 bucks, you can manage 2000. Yeah. And you're already 000. used to that 
pattern. Exactly. Mm. And we call it in the personal finance industry, like paying yourself first, right? It's mm -hmm. like you're another bill and you're setting aside this money to be able to to yeah, pay your future self right first. right or pay yeah. you know past pay you your if future. you're if you're yeah. in debt yeah sure 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 yeah and then the third thing is i always tell people you don't have to stop spending money i just need you to stop spending money on shit you don't care about yeah there is this again idea of like oh the only way i'm going to succeed financially is if i completely deprive myself and it's like diets like if you tell me i can't have fried chicken all i'm going to want is fried chicken right, right? 99 of diets right. don't yeah. work and so it's the same way with spending. It's not a willpower thing. It's like a literal psychology thing. If, if yeah. you tell me I can't do something, I'm just going to want to do it. It's not yeah. sustainable. So instead, we have to figure out not only where our money is going, but does it reflect our values? Mm. So if you haven't actually like sat down, and I know it's scary, but like look at your credit card statements or look at your debit card statements and be like, oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. I bought a round of shots for that entire bar. And I don't remember doing that, but mm. it wasn't like my best moment, right? Yeah. And again, no shame, no judgment. Just yeah. like you're an anthropologist in your own life. And you're like, oh, I bought that pair of shoes. I did not need and did not want because my boss made me feel like shit today. Interesting. Yeah. And then you can start to analyze, again, are these purchases bringing me joy? If they're not, you either get to spend that money instead on something that does or save it. Mm. Okay. I'm taking all this in because I'm... <laughs> I'm still a baby on my financial journey and uh, because I had it and it was taken care of by accountants and my parents yeah. and then my parents got divorced and all of a sudden, at, oh, and they had, been, they had been saving, they had been saving for me. They had, they had yeah. tried to set me up for the future, but once they got divorced, like they were dealing with their own their lives own shit. and yeah, all yeah, of yeah. a sudden for the first time, all of the shit was on me and dealing with my accountants and I had just never... Mm. I had never, it, they had taken care of it and it had never been sat down and yeah. taught to me. So that grace I've been trying to give myself the last few years. And um, when I was out, out and I couldn't spend any money, like just couldn't, yeah. I knew I couldn't. That is an awful feeling moving through the world. Yeah. If we lived in uh, villages and, you know, I Communal, could just, yeah. yeah, if I could just wake up and like go provide for the village just with my like hard work and like, you know, high five my uncle and then like oh, walk, that's not walk and go so. play in the field. <laughs> but that's true. Is That's the truth is we don't live in that culture. I know I would do very well in a culture I like that. I think most people, I would argue all people would. Yeah, because our biology is set up for it. Right. But we don't live in that world. We do live in a capitalist world and that's okay. But what it means is money buys you options. Money buys you the ability to engage with this yep. world. And when I couldn't at all it sucked. You feel like you're not really a part Worthy. of it except for your struggle. You're yeah. like, I'm not really a part of it. I'm just over here sucking. Like, so. And I, again, we think it's personal failure, right? It's hard for it to not feel like that because it's capitalism. your personal life. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it, well, and your, it is, our worth in capitalism is tied to our productivity, our output, our money, right? Sure. Which well, is why I argue the system needs a complete overhaul. But like, that's the interesting thing is it's like if you're not making money, what are you doing wrong? Not how is the system not supporting you? Well, and if I'm not making money, then I can't go to that fun thing that I want totally. to go to. And I can't participate in these amazing restaurants that are opening up in my city. I can't drink a margarita without a side of guilt. Ex exactly. Yeah. And that, like, I, I love that your first tip for financial freedom is that is that emotional component because money is deeply emotional. Yeah. My mom has been financially stable for most of her life after college, but she grew up poor as shit. Yeah. And that has never left her. Just in the last couple years, mm. she started to be like, well, I can't take it with me. Mm. I'm going to buy us shit. And like, that has never been the case, even though she took a stable path, was an accountant. Like she did the stable thing, yeah. investing, all that stuff. But money for her, because as a kid, it was so traumatic and yeah. so difficult. Even when she's had it, even when she's been fine, there's this emotional component to spending money. And like like I said, she's just now breaking through that. So that's 50 years can later. I, can I try something with you? Sure. So first chapter of the book, we talk about, again, motions of money. And um, I ask people to reflect on their first money memory. Okay. And the first time, you know, the first experiences we have with money typically shape the way that we view money for the rest of our lives. Okay. We actually know this from statistics that a, your money habits or your money view is actually cemented by age seven. Wow. And unless you work to change it, 
Like that's how you're going to be that's money. Crazy, isn't that wild? Money's not even a part of a seven year old's life, right? But like the trauma yeah, or the like, you got the, exposed right? To. So like my money memory was literally like I wanted to go see Annie the musical, and my mom told me, okay, if you want to go see Annie and you want a ticket, you need to save money. And I had an Altoid stin, and I put all of the money in there, and I was five. I had no income yeah. source, yes. so like it, it was it not was allowance. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it was it was not like you know me. It wasn't if I didn't have the money, I wasn't able to go. The plan was always to buy me a ticket, but it was they were teaching you, right? Hey, you want to do this thing? Plenty of other people. The money memory is I watched my parents fight with money, or I went to buy school lunch and I realized I didn't have enough money. So, Mm. if you're willing, I would love to know if you can remember yours. Man, my first money memory. (laughs) Well, I was thinking about your mom. Like that is so common of like. The way you grow up around money. Yeah. Well, my parents, they changed it. They both grew up poor yeah. and both went and got accounting jobs too. and yep. did stability. And then money for me was never an issue. Like yeah. money f- that they provided what they didn't have, right, the which, stability was, of that. which was my sister and I, I, that's why I'm like, man, think about money. Like I didn't really think of it. Yeah. Not real. Yeah, I had an allowance and shit like that. But then al- also at twelve, then I was on a TV show. So like, right, right, right. Like money for me, honestly, was always just around and not. We weren't. My parents like I was not a rich kid where I grew right. up. We were we were middle class. We were just like middle of the road. Right. You never wanted for anything. But I never wanted for anything yeah. and they wouldn't buy us ridiculous things yeah but, but, i grew up the same way it where was it was like i went to really good stability. schools but like i didn't do like that was my i was my parents investment yeah like a hundred percent yeah it was like okay we're not going to do these lavish things because we want her to take piano lessons yeah and like yeah no money was always stable for me that's why it hit me so hard when it was gone yeah and my family was gone. Well, but that, even that's interesting, right? Of like, okay, I didn't really have to worry about money until I did. And yeah. then shit got fucking real. Yeah. And I felt way behind. Yeah. I felt way behind on like, holy shit. I wish I knew some of this shit at 20. So I literally, I'm on my book tour right now. And I yes. did my event in LA and we had a couple hundred people. And literally one of the one of the incredible women, she was like, I feel like I'm behind. And I asked, I was like, hey, can the room be a little vulnerable for a second? Who feels behind? I'm not joking. Every single hand went up in that mm. room. Like, this is so common. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels like they're behind. Yeah. Every single person. Yeah. And she it's was like, scary. I have my 100K at 30, and I feel like I'm behind. Yeah. And I, I, it's not to, like, you know, negate her feelings, but everybody feels this way. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And I would argue it's partially because we're not having conversations about money. I was just going to say, that's why I'm glad with, with people Thanks for like, having me on. People right. like you and... And uh, that there's a bunch of content around finance now. I think it's amazing because that's the main reason we all feel behind is money was uh, taboo. It it was a private taboo, self-worth. We will get naked with somebody before we'll ask them about money. Absolutely. It's an uncomfortable (laughs) conversation. Wild. Um, What do you think are three – you gave three tips. What are three of the most common financial mistakes that people can make? Yeah. Yeah. One, I think, is this feeling of either complete deprivation when it comes to spending or, like, balling out all the time. Mm. And there is a balance that you can find Mm. uh, between, you know, taking care of yourself and also taking, you know, having fun now. Yeah. And I think with my 100K journey, like, the question I get a lot is it's like, oh, you lived on oatmeal, right, for four years. And I'm like, no, like, I traveled internationally. I went out to eat. It was just finding that balance between you know, spending and saving. Did you find it specifically with a budget? Is that how you find it? And you just said the word budget, like you'd say the word poop, which is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're That's like, how I feel budget. about it. So budget isn't a dirty word. And I promise you it's not. I know I you're know. like, everybody out there is like budget and makes you want to throw up. I think of it as a permission slip yeah. to spend unabashedly on the things that I love Yeah. because I know that I'm taken care of. Yeah. Right. Cause we were talking about like margaritas with a side of guilt. Like yeah. nothing's worse than going to a beach somewhere and you know, having your drink and being and like, being Oh, I put it. this on a credit card Yeah. and I can't afford this. Yeah. Right. Like, I, again, want the feeling of the vacation and the fancy dinner with no sight of guilt. Absolutely. And so the budget is just like, you know, they're like the bumpers and bowling. of yeah. just like, hey, we're, we're giving you. I know you, I'm in right, the good Gas lane. gauge in a car. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool, I'm going to go and have a fun drive and I'm not going to worry that I'm running out of gas. Yep. Right. Yep. And so I teach in the book what I call like the non-budget budget, which hinges on automation. And that's why it's like my favorite thing is if you are automating your savings and taking care of that first, everything else falls into place. Mm. 
Because if you're doing the hard thing first, then the money left over in your bank account after your necessary expenses, you get to spend on whatever you want. Right. That's a budget. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Mm. I don't track every penny. I have Timothy Chalamet YouTube compilations to watch. Like, I'm not out here like... I'm with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I mentioned... He's like... I mentioned him so many times in the book. And at the event last night, I was like, no one liked Timothy Chalamet. I'm like, great. More for me. I I know. Thank you. I love... What's not to love? I agree. He's one of the most brilliant actors, young actors we have right now. He's he's a rarity. He's beautiful. I joke that this whole business is just like to get me one step closer. Like fuck, fuck the financial fund. I don't care about that. It's getting you closer. I'm trying. I'm just gonna same room. Um, Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, like I got I got better shit to do. We all have better shit to do, and like tracking every penny is just like not sustainable. And so it's. that's it's, why budget's a dirty word yeah. for a lot of or us. Or you're like, like, I don't want to look at like, a spreadsheet. I don't want to fucking look at that every, like, every and month. And you don't have no. to if you set up that automatic transfer. I love that. Like, that's taken care yeah, of. Yeah, your bills are taken care of. You yep. have automatic savings happening. Yep. Uh, your rent's set aside. Right. Whatever. All your shit's set aside so you know that whatever's in there, you're okay. Right. And you get and to spend on whatever you want. And then just be smart with it. Yeah. yeah. This is a very specific mistake that I see, but okay. it's so worth talking about. Yes, please. So... Something like a Roth IRA or a 401k, these are both retirement accounts, right? They're investing accounts for retirement. Mm -hmm. And I see this especially with women is they believe that that is the investment itself. So if you put money into a Roth IRA, it's not like a bank account where you can put money in and be like, cool, I'm done. You have to not only put money into the account, but you then need to go buy things with the money. So it's like a gift card, right? You like put $50 on a TJ Maxx gift card. Now you need to go buy your plants and candles and throw pillows, right? Okay. The Roth IRA is just the account that holds the investments. It is not the investment itself. Okay. So I will see people put, let's say, $500 into a Roth IRA. They will just put it into the account, and they're like, cool, it's invested. It is not. It is in financial purgatory. It is just sitting there waiting to be invested. You have to take that $500 and go buy something like an index fund or a stock or a bond. Got it. And we explain what all of these are in the book. But this is like literally costing people millions of dollars right because they're not actually investing and i tell this story in the book about this woman named rose i was sitting on a panel oh gosh back in like 2019 and this woman was a financial advisor and she worked with this teacher who was diligently putting money in her 401k every single month for 35 years but she had never actually invested the money so she you know went it like literally makes me cry every time i talk about it she went you know at 65 to her financial advisor she's like okay cool i'm ready to finally retire you know on my teacher's salary and they're like you have $300,000. Now, that sounds like a lot. No, but $300,000 for 30 years, yeah, right? No, it's not when at it all. literally could have been three, four, five million million. Why did her financial advisor not invest her 401k? I don't, but that's the thing is it's yeah. like unless you know, I think she just like saw her once to like, you know, figure out her retirement sure, and sure, like sure. but that is something I'm seeing all mm. of the time because no one's fucking teaching people this. Yeah. Hey, listeners, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Tori. I hope you're learning tons about developing uh, your personal finance and your emotions around your personal finance. I want to remind you that the producers of this podcast, Anami, already have a ton of great content to help support you in developing your personal finance, available for free at Anami.co. They've got videos on retirement funds, budgeting, investing, and everything you need to know to start making money moves now. Uh, Check it all out at onami.co. And now back to the show. When you log into like Fidelity or Vanguard and all of this seems so complicated, my not so conspiracy conspiracy theory is that that's on purpose. For sure. So that you pay somebody the two or 3% to manage it it for for you. For sure. And also they're bad at their jobs. Like we know from data that they're like stock pickers are not good at their jobs. Cats outperform them well, cause all the time. Yeah. Well, cause it's hard to be good at. It's, no one's good at n- it. That's what I mean. No it's, one's it's good all at gambling. It. It's all gambling. Anyone I shouldn't tells say it, you it's actually not shit? all. Let me, let me debunk that for you. Please. So there is certain investing that is gambling. Cause this is actually a common misconception. Yeah. I hear is like investing is gambling. So I'm not going to do it. Day trading, uh, like, crypto bullshit like anything that's like a day-to-day 100% gambling it is a game yeah and if you are like trying to get rich off this hot stock like you are gambling it's just like putting money in a slot machine or on a racehorse yeah that is all it is number or color totally there's long-term investing which is what investing should be yes that is 
not gambling. It's yeah. consistent. I, I joke that, that investing like shouldn't be sexy. And, exactly. Yes. Index it's funds that, are like groups of stocks, exactly. right? So rather than just buying like Amazon or Pepsi or yeah. Bumble, you can buy one index fund that has a bunch of different companies yeah. in it. And that's what I teach. I co-created an investing education platform called Treasury because it was literally people were coming to me with this Roth IRA problem where they were like, I put money in and I'm not seeing anything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because it's been in there three years and it's never been invested. Wow. Or I log into my account and I don't know what to choose. Yeah. And so we actually start people with an investing 101 workshop live and 80% of the people who come in have never invested before. And we have $32 million invested in the platform. They literally at like minute 40 of the workshop make an investment and they Amazing. walk out of the workshop investors. But Amazing. that's the thing I'm seeing is it's either women not investing, people not investing because it's too intimidating or it is gambling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, you won't be able to retire if you, if don't, you don't invest. And because it's so veiled and no one's teaching, there's these common pitfalls or mistakes that are just, yeah, so normal but no one's teaching it. Yeah, I want to highlight what you just said for the listeners. If you don't invest, you can't retire. Yeah. And when we're young, that's hard to even think about caring about because the, the world's burning. The I'm like, what yeah, and the future's yeah. so far away. It's just like, why do I need to think about that? But if you imagine working the same way you're working now when yep. you're fucking 80, like that's awful. That's why people save is so that totally. they can retire. So at a certain point you go, I don't need to work anymore. Right. I have X amount of money. And um, I picture grandma me and I have people do this in the book of like, what does, you know, grandparent you look like? What does like Nana Tori look like? Yeah. And she is flirting with her much younger Pilates instructor named Luca. Mm, and she is drinking mm. Sauvignon Blanc with lunch. Mm. And like she's rescuing dogs in mm. our Tuscan villa. And I'm I like. Was, I knew Italy was going to be a part oh, of Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. And it's like. If I, as a 28-year-old, am not doing a little bit of heavy lifting, that's not going to be her reality. Yeah. And, like, in, in, contextualizing of, like, this is future you. Yeah. And you don't want cute little grandparent you to be financially struggling. I mean, ask yourself how your grandparents lived. Maybe some yep. of you have wealthy grandparents. I didn't. My grandmothers My, were either. very... They were, you know, on the edge of their bank account their yep. entire lives. My grandparents on my dad's side never left the same house. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was like that was all they could afford. And Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour outside of Pittsburgh, like tiny, tiny little. My town. family's tiny town outside Scranton, Pennsylvania. <gasps> yeah. I didn't know you were PA. Yeah, PA. People think Scranton's small. Uh, Philly, where are you going? Oh, oh, because yes. you're on the Scranton's. Oh, no. We're, <laughs> this we're interview Eagles. is over. <laughs> you're doing yeah. great this year, though. We're I know. Like we're shit. One more game. We got the Super Bowl. Um, but, yeah, so my a lot of my family lives in a small town. You think yeah. Scranton's small. They live outside. Scranton's very small. <laughs> and just, yeah, my Nana, I would have loved for my Nana to have – money yeah. later in her did life. Did you have a Nana too? Yeah. I have a Nana. Yeah. 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 For her to have like freedom and money yeah. in her life, even though she was, she was content. She was, you know, she was all right. And again, you work for so long. That's it. She worked her ass off. And unless again, life. it's like all these systemic factors, which again are, are huge. Yeah. Like we control the things we can control. And of that, like, do you want that for 65 year old you? Exactly. And I'm glad you said that too, because look, there are tons of problems we can all see with our systems, right? Oh, huge. Of course, I'm I'm more on the uh, democratic socialist side of things. <laughs> I understand problems with capitalism, but I don't think capitalism itself is is the problem. It's that there's no fucking morality in our in our capitalism. There, any system would be flawed because it's humans doing it. Yes, but I do think that our current capitalist, yeah, yeah, that, I, that's what that's what I mean. It's not capitalism itself. It's our it's, version it's, it's of it. It's murky. I yes. I say in the book that like I don't want to win capitalism because that means I have exploited somebody. Right. But I can't lose capitalism either because yes. that means deep suffering for myself and for my community. Exactly. So it's just like, how do I navigate and survive capitalism and how do I do the best I can? And then, again, this is for me, like the definition of financial feminism is like, if you can get your own financial shit together and control the things you can control, if you can put on your own oxygen mask. Yeah then you get to help others, exactly. right? Because you're taken care of. And we get to create a plane where every single person gets an oxygen mask. Exactly, yeah. You can create in your own life, you can control what you can control. You and can, start to change the society that th exists that's for everybody. That's what I was going to say. You right. can start to create from your own sphere of influence. Yep. But banking on 
massive things that are out of your control to change, even if they're unfair, unjust, all these things, and letting that prevent you from playing the game that we actually live in, yeah. it doesn't help you and it doesn't help anybody and it doesn't help those around you. So yeah, as much as I have critiques on our systems, I know most of them, it, it's hard to change these, yep. these deeply embedded systems. It's, it's not quick. So within the system we have, what and can you control? How do you create your own freedom? And the pursuit of wealth is not wrong. It's not. That's another yeah, misconception. Condition again to believe, oh, if I pursue wealth, it's greedy or it's wrong or it's, and it's like, uh, it's a stack of government issued paper. It has no moral value, yeah. <laughs> right? What you do with it, of course, there's plenty of people out here doing great things with money. There's plenty of people out here doing not so great things with yeah. money. But, but pursuing it is right. not inherently wrong. And we are and also, we we're conditioned. I think the gender divide with the pursuit of wealth is so interesting. We encourage men to pursue wealth in the way that we like don't for women. Sure. And so I think a lot of us, just generally, regardless of your gender identity, like push away money. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, that's bad. That's wrong. I don't want to be like that rich kid that I met when I was in high school. Sure. And it's just like, I don't want to do that. And it's like, actually, if you're pursuing wealth for the right reasons, which is your own stability and your own choices, not only is that definitely not selfish, that is like, uh, that's the thing that's going to be able to give you the options and the choices. Yeah, I think that is a huge thing. It's been a big part of my uh transitioning into my adulthood, my manhood, that journey of the right amount of selfishness. Mm -hmm. I think that's something a lot of young people need to make the turn into is, yo, you need to take care of your life. You need to decide yeah. that you are responsible for your life and confront it. And sometimes that means kind of blocking off even for a time how much you're giving or listening or uh, connecting with other people's problems and like really the only way you're going to get financially free is you got to take it deep inside yourself you have to go like okay I need to do this you can't I, pour from an empty cup exactly I I need to say that I'm worth pursuing this yes that I'm worth figuring this out um that I want to and that I can um and I think that's a, a transition a lot of uh, us young people need to make. But I guess people of any age, that, that transition's murky. Well, so I think there's still people. It's the worthiness of it. And that's the interesting thing because now we get messages every day from people, largely women, who are like, I paid off $20,000 of credit card debt or I saved my first $1,000 or, yeah, I negotiated a 10% raise. And it's always, you know, the financial win and then a comma and I feel so much more confident in every aspect of my life now. Exactly. And I'm exactly. like, I don't have to put up with shit from anybody. Yeah. Like if I go out on a date and it's not going well, but leave. he has a bunch of money, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I leave. I actually put my card down and yeah. I'm like, I, got I don't, it. I, Bye. yep. It's nice to meet you. Have, have a, have a good night. I love it. I don't have to take on a client, even if they're a very lucrative one. Like we literally, we had mm. a, like 50 to 60% of our business last year was one client. And they started getting really murky and not treating our people well. And I was like, we're walking. And that I was really it. difficult because we had to, it was, it was like scramble for a while. But like I, we had the ability to do that of like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that game. Yeah. And it's like, what an incredible Yeah. You feeling. actually get to have boundaries and right. self-worth right. when you have the capacity. When money's not, when money's yeah. not the thing that's, that has to drive you. Yeah. And that is the feeling I want for every single person on this planet. For sure. I mean, I think most of us have been there. The, the jobs that I went and got, some of them were fine, but like... Other I, were I, toxic. I, and, I definitely yeah. had to put up with some toxic shit because I needed the paycheck. Right, right. And what that does to your own self-worth yep. when you know, mm, if I had the ability to fucking say what I want to say right now and money <laughs> wasn't tied to this, I would, but I can't. So what am I worth? Like, I'm right. worth this fucking paycheck and eating this shit, you know? Um, that's not a comfortable place to be. And I think it's a place so many of us are yeah. in jobs, in our lives. Yeah. It's the ability to speak truth. Yeah. And I guess the more financial freedom you have, the more ability you can speak your truth. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> nice. We're all learning. We're all learning, Tori. 
And again, that grace and that mercy is really hard, but it's really important. And also the realization that nothing uh, changes when you're comfortable. Like yeah. embroider that on a fucking throw pillow. Like live, laugh, love. But like truly, like no, it's real. nothing changes when you're comfortable. Yeah. And there's going to be a period of time with money, with, you know, with everything in your life where you're like, okay, I want better and I want more and it's scary and you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like sitting down and looking your, at your money is the thing that people are it's like. why budgeting is. Right. Ostrich a, effect. You bury your head in the sand. And you're like, my problems don't exist. Yeah. But they do and they will only continue to get worse. And so yeah. what I tell people is like wrap yourself in like a down comforter cocoon. Yeah. And get yourself a glass bottle of wine and just like sit down and look at your money. Yeah. And we call it financial self-care because. Yeah. Self-care is the hard shit that you do. That makes future you's life better. Yeah. But in the moment sucks. Right. It's like going to therapy and going to the gym and eating a salad when you don't want to eat a motherfucking salad. Like <laughs> that is the self-care mm-hmm. where you thank past you of like, oh, I'm really glad I went to the gym or I'm really glad yeah. I cleaned my kitchen counter that before I went on this trip, which is what I'm feeling right now. I cleaned my kitchen before I left. And oh, I was like, the worst. No, no, but, but then it's the you're worst. Gonna walk home. Exactly. I'm going to be like, good. oh, Instead you. of like, oh, I've been on this trip and now I need to clean. Right. Right. And like, that's, that's the definition of of self-care. But we think it's like, you know, face masks and and bubble baths and like that's self-soothing, which is important, but that's That's the thing. That's the thing you do when you've had a bad day. Yeah. Self-care is a thing you do proactively, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And part of that's looking at your money. Yeah. I think as we grow, there's still a, a child inside of us. And I mean, you better hope that child. Oh, the inner child. Oh yeah. Right. But as we grow deeper into our adulthood, you learn, I have to parent that child. <laughs> I have to be the parent for my own inner child who doesn't yeah. want to do this shit, who wants the instant gratification, right. who wants all these things. And you have to learn to kind of like let these different beings inside you both be taken care of. And yeah, that requires parenting yourself, which I'm still learning how to do. And I mean, I'll say it, I've said it like six times, but I'll say it again. When you're a kid, did you like being yelled at? Did you ever right. like being told Shamed. you were a piece of shit? Yeah. No. You liked being soothed and yeah. like or given taught. feedback when you right and yeah. given feedback when you need, but in a very loving, kind way. Yeah. And like I joke that like if I need a lot of like internal love, I literally like make my voice like Paddington or something. Like I can't have Paddington Bear yell at me. Yeah. Like it just so I purposely make like my inner voice just like so sweet and kind. Yeah. And like that's a great for me a great way of like navigating that. Yeah, I was at a, a birthday uh, of a friend last night, and she was saying. She's like been making a shift in the last few months of just talking to herself really kindly. Yeah. And she used like a kind of caricature voice. Of yeah. like, oh, hey, you're doing, you're doing okay. okay. <laughs> you're doing all right. I know it's really hard. Life's really hard right now, but that's okay. But also why are you from like, Minnesota? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Minnesota, don't you know? But treating yourself like that is so good because, yeah, the yeah. shame doesn't do anything. I also find personally there is a level of this also comes from who my mother is, but I also find there's a level of loving sternness that I can talk to myself totally. with. Totally. That's what I say. Like I don't feedback, always need, right? Yeah. I don't always need. No, you don't need to be Sometimes coddled. I need the gentle when I'm really yeah. in my demons and beating myself up. But sometimes I need a very direct like, hey, man. It's not going to get, get better on unless your you do shit. something. Yeah. We, like yep. look around. Yep. Get on this shit. Right. It's right. falling apart around you. But I would argue that's loving, right? Exactly. Because it's loving like, voice. It's not punitive. No, and it's also like, hey, I want you to be better. Exactly. Because good Rise feedback, good feedback wants you to be better. It does not want to tear you down. Absolutely. Right. So good feedback is like, hey, I, I see you're struggling, but we we gotta get the shit done. Absolutely. We gotta get the shit done. What is a step? What is the first step someone should take listening to this? To um, to move to progress in their financial life. Read my book. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I will shameless bad, plug wherever no, I can shameless plug. It's not a bad plug. step. To I honest. agree. Education, Get it at your library. Education Get is not a bad step. Sold. And I'm sure just because it's called <laughs> financial feminist, I'm sure men can read it as well. Feminists are of any gender identity as long as you believe in the equality of genders. Cool. So it's a piece of feedback we get all the time of like, I'm a man or I'm not a woman. Yeah. Can I read it? And I'm like, Very, sure. do you believe in the equality of genders? Yes, you can You can read it. Great. Cool. Um, again, with all the grace and mercy in the world, yep. look at your money. Like sit down and 
again, make it comfortable, make it something you look forward to. Maybe that's takeout from your favorite restaurant. If you have a partner you manage money with, like bring them into the conversation Mm. and like, what's going well? That's your first question. Like, what am I doing well? And you will have it. I I need you to have at least one answer. Cool. You can't just be like, everything's shit. No, like, what are you doing well? Yep. What could I approve? And what is one thing that I can do today to make my money better? Right. Maybe it's setting up that automatic transfer. Maybe it is, okay, I'm going to schedule my next money date that's completely non-negotiable and then I'm going to sit down and look at my money and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this once a month. Right. Okay. I'm scheduling my next one. Um, I am going to journal about, uh, you know, what I can use and how money can be a tool to build the life that I want. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I use money not as the barrier not as the the thing that's preventing me, mm. but rather as the tool to be able to build the life that I want, right? Mm-hmm. So it's what's going well, what can I improve, and what is one thing, what is one tiny little baby step? It's not going to be saving a million dollars by tomorrow, yep. right? It's just one thing that I can do to better my money. Amazing. What is your favorite app for or website for... I mean, I co-created an investing platform called Treasury. And I mean, again, shameless plug, but like, no, I think it's plug, better plug, than any plug. anything out there or we wouldn't have built it. Um, I'm trying to think of other apps. Um, like I mean, you, we have partnerships with various people. Like Personal Capital is great. SoFi is great. And not just for investing, because you said like, yeah. like you're automating savings happening. Like are but there you can apps actually, that you can go that? No, you can go to your payroll platform at work if you have a nine to five. Or you can yeah. go to like your online bank. Like if yeah. you're banking wherever, you can say, okay, like Any it literally just. Any money that comes in, yep. Like, okay, uh, you know, my, whenever savings. I get paid, so maybe it's the 15th and the 31st or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, this is my my $500 that I'm transferring or my $20 or my 5% of the paycheck. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can go in and I still do this. I have like in my bank of like, okay, twice a month, this amount of money is leaving my checking account and going to my savings. So good. And does your savings make money? Does it have a, like a, whatever yeah what is it so called? high yield savings account That's is what, what we recommend about. yeah we have our our link to the one that we like on our website but literally the average bank account's earning you like 0.5 percent like less than that yeah and high yield savings accounts as of this recording are like three and a half four percent and bad. it's again like not for a while they were oh, they, they were like, nothing for a oh, while they, they were, were nothing like so less I, than one percent yeah so i stopped i stopped giving a fuck about saving but if your money's just going to sit there which is like an emergency fund right we right. just want it to sit there it may as well be working harder for you yeah it may as well be growing something yeah, yeah. so savings accounts guys for those who are really don't know um the goal is that if it's going to sit there there's some percentage where it makes money every year and your average bank accounts is not earning you anything for sure but the high yield savings accounts typically are offered online because you know they don't have the overhead costs of like tellers bank tellers and yeah, you know, like physical it. locations so they're like passing the savings on to you so yeah it. it's like three and a half four percent and like yeah, that not... adds up especially if you're the person who's like okay all i got is 20 bucks right now right. great put that in it put it in it and it's going to generate At the interest end of the year, for you. you're gonna have more and actually a lot of these accounts pay interest monthly yeah, which is really it's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, what are other good uh, places to put your money? What, CDs? Are those still a thing? I love that you know what a CD is. Yeah. Um, the, CD, they were a thing once. I remember a 4% CD yeah. when I was 12. Yeah, And I remember same. being like, 4% is nothing, and I would murder for a 4% Exactly. CD That's right what now. I'm saying. I remember some good ones from back in the day, uh-huh. but then they kind of died for a while. I mean, CD is a certificate of deposit. It's kind of like a like a souped-up high-yield savings account, right? In Basically, theory, you say, I'm tucking away my money, and I'm not yep. going to pull it out for X amount of time. And they're and like incentivizing that, that because with, that, in theory, more interest. Yes. I haven't looked at them recently. I think but they came back a little bit. They've come back a little bit. As f- Most savings, I think, are better off in a high-yield savings account because cool. of that flexibility, and it's not, like, a big enough percentage jump. Cool. But if, like, okay, I'm not buying a house for three years, and so I can open a two-year or three-year CD, and yeah. the interest rate is 5% or whatever, right. like, it might be Decent. worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then, um, and then investing. And to invest... Yeah. There's a million ways to go about it. Yes. You have a platform to do it. Yeah, there's kind of like three ways, right? You can DIY it. Uh, yep. Vanguard, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, right? Yep. The benefit is, of course, you're managing your own investments. You're not paying somebody else, so there's no additional fees. But the con, and I would imagine the average listener out there, is not feel equipped to manage their own investments. Yeah. Totally cool. Robo-advisors are, I mean, LFS, Betterment, Acorns, Wealthfront, Wealthsimple, a bunch of others. And they are taking a percentage to do it for you. So it's great to get people started. Yeah. But the feedback I hear a lot is, again, one, you're, you're paying money. 
And they're fishing for you rather than teaching you how to fish. So, you know, you can invest for a while and be like, I don't know why they're choosing the things that they're choosing or what they're doing behind the scenes. Right. Um, and so we built what we joke is the Hannah Montana of investing platforms because it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring up Disney on a Nickelodeon show. No, no. Um, we're, we're, all, we're all friends here. We're but not, yes, we're not, it's we're like... not corporate competitors. <laughs> we're all... We're all Acting equals. It's the I just happy love medium. that, like, you're like a millennial finance expert quoting Hannah Montana. That's always. Hilarious. It's my favorite part in workshops because I get to go to just the slide of Hannah Montana. Oh, God, like, that's best really of both funny. Worlds. That brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like the happy medium. Cool. Maybe the limo. She would get out of the limo and then she would, like, yeah, yeah toss yeah. her hair around. And you know, no one figured it out. But she was, it was, she was Hannah Montana. Ridiculous. You just take off a wig. If I could put on a wig and just walk I'd through life as a different person, you. like the great. It was a fantasy world. It was a fantasy Surprise, world. it wasn't real, Tori. It wasn't real, I know. <laughs> um, so you've created the Hannah Montana app. Of investing platforms, yeah. Where it's a mix of you. Yeah, so it's like built on top of one of the DIY platforms. So Okay. We're teaching you how to manage your own investments for yourself. We're giving you a community to come ask questions and like where we can talk you down when you're like, the stock market's going crazy and I don't know what to do. And we're there to like soothe you and be like, hey, we're in this for the long term. And I know it's scary, but we got it. There's like daily challenges. There's like investing 101 videos and stuff. And so it's like it's like the school of investing. Basically, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. Let's let's all check it out. Listeners and it. me. Um, I don't have much experience with investing but i will say like get out of the gamble don't be in gambling no. with investing if it's sexy it, it's probably you're probably doing it wrong. yeah look at it as stop trying to get rich quick i don't play the lottery ever because fucking why dude it's a scam it's you're, something like i wish i knew the percentage off the top of my head it's something like 35 per, percent of people expect to win the lottery at some point and yeah. like that's their retirement plan yeah it's 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 absurd and, and i'm, like, and oh, I'm speaking as someone who's playing the lottery in my life because <laughs> i'm trying to make it as an actress still that is a lottery but it's a little different but i don't play the lottery um i would just suggest to anyone don't don't try and gamble your way into getting rich look at long-term goals when you invest and it's like not as fun and flashy and i get that but like but man if you invest at 20 so my 100k at 25 is going to be 1.6 million by the time i retire even if i never contribute another penny it's incredible like that's incredible um, and compound interest works if you're 18 or 88. Right. Like, you don't have to be 25 if you're 35, if you're 45. Like, it still works. Right. But you have to get started. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I joke investing's like a staircase. Just that first stair is, like, 20 feet high. So yeah. I just got to get you over to that first stair, uh, and then it's easy. I'm really glad you came in because this is going to force me to uh, do it. So because I I had a bunch of investments and savings, right, but because I was – spending it to live and yeah. waiting on that next job which always came for me it wasn't like I was delusional the next job always came yeah and all of a sudden it didn't yeah. and I had pulled out That's my so investments hard. because it was like well I need this it. was it yeah I need it now this right. is investments for my future but I need it now and it's okay I'll book and then I didn't so everything came out so I've had nothing in investments yeah. uh because then I was working my way back from absolutely nothing right and I've known for a year or two, like, all right, it's time to start plugging a little bit back yeah. into something that's long-term that can actually make me money. And I think talking to you today is going to force me to actually you take those this. steps. I love it. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to make you hate it a little less. I I feel like I could hate it. A, I, I'm already feeling a little more freedom around it. Yay. And I hate it because of, again, you asked like my early money. I hate it because I never had to think about it. And yeah. all of a sudden I did. Yeah. And that's adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> that's everything. As you wake up one day and you're like, taxes. Exactly. The doctor? I got a call. The doctor. The dentist? Uh-huh. I'm supposed to go how many times? A and year? my insurance? I pay for the insurance, but it doesn't completely they cover, cover it? it. Yeah, what's the what's point of all this? What the fuck is a copay? Oh my goodness. Well, Tori, you're awesome. Are we good on time? Thank you. Yeah, we're in the sweet spot. Need to fill any more? Anyone got any questions I should ask? That felt real good and complete to me. Cool. Okay, let's Amazing. let's we'll sign off properly. Jeff can Ramy can cut that bit out. But um 
Tori, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having it's me. It's so lovely to meet you, and I'm I'm so uh, inspired by your success, and not just your success, but that you are uh, bringing the rest of us along with you. It's my life's work, so thanks for advocating for it. I love that. Um, make sure you follow Tori on all the things. Her first 100K? Yeah. Yeah, your Her TikTok is popping off. I love it. Thank you. When I, on TikTok. When I... Uh, on TikTok, I put up a video asking people who, yeah, uh, people tag who I should it. have on the podcast, and you are one of the most tagged. Which people. is so kind. It speaks to the community, which is so cool. Uh, it does. It speaks to the community. It speaks to like our overlap, and I loved it because I went. I hadn't. I didn't know who you were, and then so many people tagged you that I was like, "Who is this person?" <laughs> and talked to Rami and was like, "We got to have her on." Like yeah. so many people are tagging this person, Thanks. and it's it's such a needed. Thing. More of us need to be in the habit of yep. discussing money and discussing what we don't know yep. and talking to people who do know. Well, and if you want anything in life, like you need money. Anything. 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 You Fun, need money. freedom, travel. Right. Kids. Kids, not kids. A pet. A pet. Man. Therapy, unfortunately. Therapy, you yeah. You need for, money. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The so. amount of times I look at my cat and I say, pay rent once. Once, once. man. Once. Come on. Once. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. It's thank great you. to know you now. Thanks for having I, me. I'd love to see you again. And uh, congrats on your book. Thank you. Financial Feminist, thank New you. York Times bestseller. Yay! <sighs> Put my entire pussy in that book, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> You're like, we can cut that. Awesome. No, it's amazing. Thank cool. you. We're done. Cool. Uh, Tori, amazing. I have a copy of the book. I'd, I'd love one. Cool. Yeah, I really would. I will start Thanks for listening to that Onomi podcast. Onomi is a creator-led educational platform that teaches you the things you wished you learned in school so you can thrive in adulthood. Onomi lessons are completely free and they're taught by some of your favorite creators from around the internet. Head to onomi.co to start learning about things like budgeting, investing, taxes, how to thrive in your relationships, how to find your dream job, and so much more. That's onomi.co, O-N-O-M-Y.co. See you there.